This is the Hoosier Ag Today Wednesday podcast on the 17th of January, 2024. Good morning, I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. Coming up on the news, Eric Pfeiffer along with C.J. Miller. Eric is at the Fort Wayne Farm Show with news, including the role of genetics in those record corn and soybean crops. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says below normal temps and some light snow is ahead. And yesterday, the ag market's mostly lower and mixed. Arlen Suderman has analysis coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today Wednesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the State House and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bids are being accepted now for 346 acres of Indiana farmland. Halderman Real Estate Services brings you an opportunity to own top quality farmland in Carroll County, featuring four sizable tracts of tillable cropland and grain bin totaling over 346 acres. Visit Halderman.com for information on the Flora Group Legacy Auction. Bids will be accepted until January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit Halderman.com or call A.J. Jordan, 317-697-3086. Equal housing opportunity. Talking about Indiana's record corn and soybean yields at the Fort Wayne Farm Show and what makes India such an attractive trade partner for U.S. ag products. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. The Fort Wayne Farm Show is underway now, and Eric Pfeiffer joins us from the big event to get some feedback on the USDA's big report last Friday that said that Indiana broke records in 2023 for both corn and soybean yields. Eric? All right, CJ, thanks. We are here at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, the Fort Wayne Farm Show, and a lot of folks are walking around here today after a a big report came out from USDA on Friday talking about record yields here in Indiana. So some folks pretty excited about those yields from 2023, but Already looking ahead to 2024, see if we can break that record. Uh, I'm with Brian Early. He's an agronomist with Pioneer. We've heard from Brian on our programs here at Hoosier Ag today many times. Brian, let's just talk about 2023. Indiana corn, Indiana soybeans, record yields, and it's not as though we had perfect conditions throughout the year from a weather standpoint. I'd have to think that genetics played a big part of this as well. Yeah, that, that would be true. Genetics definitely has a component now. Um, we, we did for sure have a record corn crop in most of Indiana. Uh, beans were maybe not a record for everybody, but still pretty good. So uh, you look back at the, uh, the how the weather turned out. Um, we were dry. 
the uh, dryness before pollination and tassel on corn and seed set and beans really was not as detrimental as we've seen it. It made stuff root down well and, and the crops fared well through it. We and, and really we didn't even have that much rolled up corn. So it was dry but it wasn't overly hot. So things weren't as bad as, as maybe we felt it as humans. So um, that kind of set us up good. The, the fortunate thing for us when it was time to get rain, we got great rain. So varieties now can hold on better through droughty periods and they don't uh, abort kernels and, and uh, shave rows off around and things like that as much as they had in the past. So uh, between the varieties and the weather lining up kind of perfect it uh, I would order up another 2023 again it was it turned out great quickly here Brian talk about 2023 what did we learn from 23 that we can carry over into 24 as folks are making plans for planting season now so I think the biggest thing we learned is uh, to me a couple of things so uh, early dryness does not spell disparity so we uh, we can weather really dry periods pre reproductive periods and really come out pretty good we've seen that the last couple of years actually so uh, when it's dry early that's not a bad thing for us probably a good thing so as long as we get some rain or irrigation to make it go away in time that works so uh, the other thing we saw and we saw it with wheat corn and beans really all three of them lack of disease is, is uh, really a big deal so we had disease very very late it was very heavy late but it was past the point it could do damage so if we could order up a year that was kind of dry on the front and had very limited disease that would be the key to having big yields again so uh, if I could order both of those I would definitely do that. Stop by and see Brian and his team here with Pioneer at the Fort Wayne Farm Show Allen County War Memorial Coliseum it runs through Thursday I'm Eric Pfeiffer who's your ag today? Thank you Eric when it comes to making the ag products that are made right here in Indiana much more valuable, it's often about finding new buyers and new markets for those products. And that's why the USDA is looking into one market in particular. India and its 1.4 billion consumers really is one of the largest untapped markets in the world for U.S. agriculture. And that's Ryan Brewster, Senior Director of Trade Missions with the USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service. Last year, the USDA lifted many of its tariffs on certain farm and food exports to India. This summer, we had some market access opportunities for U.S. products, including chickpeas, lentils, almonds, walnuts, apples, and frozen turkey. So it's really kind of opened up India in ways that we haven't had in many years. In hopes of getting India to buy even more U.S. ag products, the USDA is leading a trade mission to their country later this April. The pulses, the lentils, the chickpeas, those things, they're really part of the Indian diet and that middle class. But we're also looking at other things, some of our more historic products, apples, fruits into India, tree nuts, one of the biggest markets for almonds. We're looking at distilled spirits and wines. We're looking at seafood. We're looking at ingredients for further processing in India. The USDA is looking for ag business owners and ag leaders to join the U.S. delegation on its trade trip to India. The deadline to apply is Monday, January 22nd. You can find more information at our website at HoosierAgToday.com and on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm CJ Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. 
Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Your Wednesday shaping up to be cold, but if I'm trying to find a silver lining, maybe we can say not quite as cold as how we've started off the week. The temperature's still below normal. I'm actually looking up to be below normal for most of the rest of this week. However, I do think the warmest day out of the next several will turn out to be tomorrow, Thursday, as south and southwest flow tries to moderate temperatures ever so slightly. It's also going to bring us a little bit of light snow and flurry activity once again morning through midday. More so in Ohio than Indiana, but I think we have to allow for flurries pretty much anywhere with about 60% coverage. And this will be a precursor to a minor front that's coming through on Friday. Once again, giving light snow and flurries coating to an inch is what we're expecting across 90% of the Hoosier State. This front more so than the snow, is going to be bringing down another cold air mass, and that's going to be the dominating feature through the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, well below normal temperatures, Arctic high pressure in control. We do see sunshine for Saturday and Sunday, but cold air for sure. Next week, major changes. All of a sudden, we bump temperatures up quickly Monday afternoon, above normal temperatures likely, but with the southwest flow coming in, we also see rain. Two waves, the first one coming Tuesday into Tuesday night, early Wednesday. The next one coming overnight Wednesday night through Thursday, maybe even lingering into early Friday. Combined for the week, anywhere from a quarter to one inch of rain. Coverage 100% of Indiana, but temperatures are going to stay warm enough for it to all be rain at this point. We could see some cold or air try and come in behind, but it's not going to be anywhere near the cold surge like we've seen at this time. So I am being optimistic and saying temperatures stay closer to normal as we get into the cooler air mass late next week, Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th. Definitely not going into the deep freeze. We're not even seeing the Arctic air come into the northern plains the end of next week. Very active precipitation pattern down to our south over the Texas Gulf Coast and Honestly, the Gulf Coast in general, watching to see whether any of that wants to lift north right now, I'm saying probably not. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. Bundle up still here the next few days. It's always warm inside the Coliseum in Fort Wayne for the Fort Wayne Farm Show. Come and see us. I'm Ryan Martin. Mostly lower to open a shortened week of trade on Tuesday. This is Who's Your Ag Today's Tuesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. I'll have settlements momentarily. First, market analysis, which we grab with Eric Pfeiffer on site at the Fort Wayne Farm Show, the Stone X booth. Arlen Suderman was in town, and they spoke near the end of trade. All right, Andy, thanks. I am here with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at Stone X. Welcome to Indiana, despite all your troubles getting here, Arlen. Let's talk about the markets here. It's kind of a ho-hum blah day we're moving lower again a lot of things working against the market let's talk about this corn market first obviously we're still reeling from friday's usda reports we're seeing wheat much lower and i'm sure corn is following there too yeah it certainly is wheat's kind of an albatross around corn's neck right neck right now and corn has enough troubles of its own 
the funds continue to short the commodities and then a strong dollar today just doesn't help matters either. Um, Wall Street's starting to pare back its interest rate cut um, mentality. Uh, I, I think they were overly optimistic on seeing a rate cut anytime soon and they're pairing that back and so we're seeing the Treasury yields stronger and a dollar really sh a lot sharperly higher today. That's really creating some headwinds for the grain and oil seeds. But we've got too much corn right now. We have too much wheat on the world market. Um, and most of it mostly because Russia and Ukraine are pumping out a lot of cheap wheat right now. And, and just not a story and with the funds kind of bearish of commodities. I do think that we'll turn the corner on that sentiment as we get into the second and third quarter of this year. But in the meantime, that leaves us vulnerable. Arlen, the soybean market, you mentioned before we went on the air, we had what should be a bullish NOPA report come out uh, earlier today on Tuesday. When we opened trade coming out of the holiday yesterday, we were up about 11 cents, I believe, on, on soybeans. That slowly went away throughout the day. Here we are down as uh, we enter toward the close here. Yeah, and we have seen more production cuts coming from Brazil to provide some support, and there is still some uncertainty, and that does provide a bounce for us periodically after we get a big loss like what we had on Friday in the soybean market. But the farmer on both sides of the equator is undersold and so when we get rallies he's quick to sell and the funds are starting to turn into sellers of the soybean complex as well. So rallies are currently being sold in this market and so it's really tough to sustain rallies until we get a story to change the narrative in soybeans and unfortunately even though we had a good crush report this morning that's still the case. As we go back to Friday and those USDA reports, obviously very bearish coming out, uh, record corn yield, um, soybeans not too bad either. I mean, how much, I guess, how do we have legs in this? Are we going to the downside even farther here because of that report and other things working against the soybean market and against the corn market? Well, I think we need to be aware of that possibility, yes. Uh, nobody rings a bell in Chicago when we hit the high in the market, nobody does so when we hit the bottom of the market, but the sentiment is still bearish in this market. A lot of times we'll get some type of a rally into the spring or so, uh, trying to buy acres. Will that happen this year? I don't think the algorithms really care about seasonality. Um, Things change when you get prices cheap. You tend to uncover demand that you didn't need know was there. Uh, we've got solid domestic demand for beans. We've got strengthening domestic demand for corn. But right now we're well supplied on the world market. And I think a lot of it comes down to simply getting a change in the attitude of managed money, going from a deflationary mode to wait a minute, maybe inflation's starting to come back, maybe we need to own the commodities instead of being short the commodities, and that can impact the price that we get on at the farm gate too. Given that yesterday, Monday, we were off for the holiday, typically we talk about turnaround Tuesdays. Do we shift that back a little bit? Is there possibility now for a turnaround Wednesday? It doesn't have the same ring to it, but can, can that still happen here just given where we're at? Well, we do see that a lot of times. First trading day of the week, we go one direction, and then the next day it's the, the other direction uh, or consolidation. Uh, when we come down as far as we do, there's also a little bit more of a tendency to do that. It, it's just trying to sustain those rallies that's been the challenge. Arlen, let's talk about this livestock market. I see we're down here as we talk uh, lean hogs lower. Uh, so really just uh, a lot of red ink on this, on this board today. Talk about what's happening in the livestock sector. 
Yeah, as we've seen from the last quarterly Hogs and Pigs report and the, on the WASDE report that also had the balance sheets in it for the livestock sector as well. We have plenty of pork here in the country. Uh, we're producing. Our exports have been good, um, but we've seen a nice rally here. The weather is really the story of the protein sector, though, right now. This cold temperatures, we are affecting performance. We're affecting our ability to transport animals to the slaughter plants, and we're affecting slaughter schedules. So that has a, have, is having an impact, but we've already priced a lot of that into the hog market. That's much more of a cattle story right now than it is on the hog story, and so that's why we're taking back a little bit on the pork side today. Arlen Suderman joining Eric Pfeiffer on Tuesday at the Fort Wayne Farm Show. Arlen with Stonex on the Hat Farm Market Review. Now the final numbers in soybeans did turn around to post Gains of a couple of cents, but down about three in corn. March corn four forty-three and a half, three and a half cents down. May four fifty-five and a quarter off three and three quarters, up three cents. March soybeans twelve twenty-seven and a quarter, and the May contract twelve thirty-eight and a half, a gain of two and three quarters. Week all day, Chicago wheat five eighty-two for March, finishing down fourteen cents. February live cattle, 173.12, a pickup of 175, and a dollar 12 down for the Feb lean hogs, 70.77. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.